Welcome to the Pack Mentality Podcast. I'm Matt Banwart. I own Red Wolf CrossFit in Huntington Beach, California. I'm co-hosting this today with my lovely wife, Caitlin Banwart. I've been coaching for 16 years and Caitlin has been coaching for seven years. We created this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to make fitness education accessible, engaging, and effective for everyone. And if you found value in any of our discussions on this podcast, I do have a small request. Please share this podcast with someone you know who also has a passion for these topics. After all, we learn better, grow faster, and reach our goals when we do it together. So share now, inspire someone with the gift of knowledge and motivation. Thank you so much for your support. Now, on to the show. So, you've been doing CrossFit for about a year, but you still can't do a pull-up. We're gonna tell you exactly what to do. So, Caitlin and I are gonna be going over how we would build someone up from the ground up. Someone with zero pull-ups, and we're gonna take you exactly through the framework on how we've done it with our current clients, and also what we work on ourselves, because just like you guys, we have started from ground zero, and we're gonna give you all the information in this podcast today. Also stick around, because we will have a free guide to give out on this podcast. So stick around and listen, we will give that out sometime during the podcast. All right, so number one, you need to identify the biggest obstacle holding you back from getting a pull-up. So is it your core, is it your grip, is it your upper back strength? Caitlin, what is the most common thing that you see that holds people back? Um, the number one thing that holds people back is not fully committing, first of all, to getting um, or achieving a pull-up or getting to that goal. So full commitment is needed, number one. And then when you're starting to identify your weaknesses, I mean, I think all three generally go together, but... Probably number one is upper back strength because yeah. I think that just kind of incorporates already the grip strength, right? To develop your upper back, you're going to have to probably hold something. And then um, and then you're going to have to brace your core in order to isolate your upper back. So you kind of get, you know, the other two together. But all three are just as important. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see the, the weak areas as being, I agree with you, with the upper back and the lats, the grip. Um, what other areas do you see kind of specifically like on someone's body that really need to be dialed in before they can even start attempting like a kipping pull-up oh like specifics on their upper back yeah oh <laughs> if we can get more specific so we said upper back so what specifically about the upper back is lacking oh like yeah their develop overall mm. development of their shoulders their delts their traps just their posture in general i think a lot of people just lack upper back posture strength to hold their shoulders back. So if you can't right. even do that. So scapular retraction. Yeah, exa exactly. Working on scapular retraction and maintaining upright torso, like that already is difficult. So a lot of people have to work on like just banded <clears throat> reps first and, right. and, and mind muscle connection. That's kind of what I call it when, when they can actively activate, you know, all their upper back muscles and like feel it and feel what that is like to hold it and then, and then relax. So yeah, number one is just developing scapular retraction. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and I remember specifically when, when I was working with my coach, he said, uh, he told me that one of the biggest detractors of all crossfitters is one, scapular traction, and two, posterior chain. So specifically yeah. the glutes and the hamstrings. So, um, so he worked with me a ton on my scapular retraction. Mm -hmm. um, and he did that specifically because, you know, CrossFit is a very rapid 
rapid fitness program where you're, you're, you're very fast muscle contraction. So you're at your, the time under tension isn't that long. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, we need to have more muscle development. So we need to implement different exercises and we'll kind of go into that more detail later mm -hmm. on in the podcast. Yeah. And then working on like tempo and, and holds and, and whatnot. And I think banded work is, you know, usually overlooked, but you're not going to get tired or, or sore from doing banded retractions, mm -hmm. but it also will help develop those small muscle fibers, help warm them up, help keep them healthy. Like everybody always gets, you know, shoulder pain from honestly, from being too weak and trying to do a very advanced skill, whether it be just anything overhead or anything upper body, like it always, I see it all the time. And I'm just like, you guys need to focus more on that recovery process, joint mobility, and keeping like all the small muscles in your shoulders, like healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And can you get, can you go a little bit more into the specifics of what you mean by the banded work? Yeah. So just, I mean, I do this probably almost every day. I mean, especially on an upper body day. I mean, I'll do, you know, tees, uh, face pulls, chest pulls with a band, you know, attached to a static, um, pole, pole pole or, a, or the rig or something. And so just, and doing at least, I don't know, anywhere between 20 and 30 reps of each one and just really working on contraction holding and then also fast reps and, and really trying to feel my muscles warming up and then coming together. And I, I, I do this all the time. And I don't think again, that you can really get tired from doing it, but it keeps everything healthy. I don't have a lot of shoulder pain. If anything, I just have tightness. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, and do you think people should be doing kipping pull-ups or strict pull-ups first? Oh, absolutely strict pull-ups. I mean, I know everybody sees the kipping pull-up and it just looks really cool. And, oh, I can do more. I'll be able to do more in the workout. That's what I hear all the time. And I'm like, it's not about doing more. It's about doing it right. And then it's about getting stronger to do it. Like, I wouldn't want to do something just to do more reps of it. I would, first of all, want to do it right and safe. And so that I don't get hurt. Yeah, right? we do recommend that you do at least you're able to perform three to five unbroken strict pull-ups before you even start learning kipping. And in fun fact is that even the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, said in an interview back in uh, 2016 with with Lewis Hose House. Mm -hmm. Is that how you say his name? I think it's Lewis House. Uh, he asked Glassman if he had any regrets on the way he built up CrossFit. And his answer was, if he were to do it all over again, he would devalue the kipping pull-up. And furthermore, he said that trying to do kipping pull-ups when you can't do strict pull-ups is wrong. Yes. There's no like, you know, black or white here. He said it is wrong. Yeah. And period. I think, you know, CrossFit gets a bad rap. I mean, there's all those like videos out there making fun of CrossFitters doing kipping pull-ups. And I think that's only mainly because everyone knows strict pull-ups is harder. And yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, everyone knows that in the back of their <laughs> Everybody mind. knows it's harder and it's, it's like a milestone. It's something that I think everybody wants. I've never heard somebody say, oh, I don't want to do a pull-up. Oh, like, oh, that would, everybody says, oh, that'd be cool. Or yeah, yeah, I'd want to be able to at least do one. You know, I don't think anyone has ever like completely written that off as a goal or some, something to do in their life. Um, and I think all body weight movements should be like, necessary like all adults should be able to do push-ups you know squats pull-ups yeah. like those are just like standard movements and to move your body weight is a standard yeah absolutely and let's kind of get into a framework now of how we would train someone specifically towards getting that first strict pull-up um so first off we have dead hang hollow body yeah so this is really important because i mean if you can't even get the setup right then we're not even gonna be able to get the pull up in the first place. 
yeah i mean just working on um what is i what do i call it like top position bottom position so being able to hang comfortably in the bottom position of the pull-up and then being able to hold the top position of a, of the pull-up so being able to know the starting point and the end point yes. of what you're trying to get to and holding those static positions step number one and if, mm -hmm. you, if we can't do that at least for i would say like 20 second holds like that should be a minimum and being able to do at least like three sets and that's something that i would have someone warm up with to get the joints prepped and also a good opportunity to work on grip strength um, and core strength. Yeah, that's a good point. Whenever we start training people, at least, you know, a lot, at least what this is what I do with my clients is I always train the end ranges of motion first. So I always train, train the, the, what that means is we train the start at where the starting point of the rep is and where the end point is. So for example, with a lot of my clients, I'll always start working with them with let's say a push-up. I'll have them do an FLR hold and I'll make sure that if they cannot hold that for 30 seconds without dying, I'm probably not going to get them going through range of motion yet. Yeah. And then same thing with, um, with, uh, with even squats or mm -hmm. yeah, single arm rows is that I will make sure that the bottom position looks good and then they can obviously hold the top of the position as well. Mm -hmm. So the next one is chin over bar hold. So again, we're kind of feeding off the same thing of the, the end range of motion. And this is, this is actually a very difficult movement to perform even if you already have a pull up. Yeah, I see a lot of people when they do a pull up, they do a pull up very far away from the bar. And the problem with this is, I mean, you are chin over bar, but if there's that gap in that distance, you're not actually getting the full benefit of the scapular retraction, which we talked about earlier. So pulling into the bar and getting chin over bar is important to develop your upper back more. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, we can get more specific about sticking your chest out too, instead of having concaved or rounded shoulders in, you should be doing a, your pull up with your chest out and exposed. Yeah, and what that does is it, it specifically um it specifically makes the ac sorry activates the upper back more and the lats more when you mm -hmm. have a slight lean back or that kind of that puffed out chest mm -hmm. you get more uh scapular retraction which is what we want and a lot of times what people think is that the strict pull-up is specifically vertical and so they're they're completely perpendicular with the ground trying to go straight up but they're not getting the right muscle activation to actually get there yeah i actually saw a video by ben bergeron the other day talking about why you shouldn't lean back in a pull-up because it it he was he was talking about like end range of motion and the mm -hmm. dead hang and that people aren't working on good posture alignment if they can't fully extend at the bottom mm -hmm. and i i mean i kind of disagree with his video because i was like you're not really talking about the lean back being inefficient that has nothing to do with posture or yeah. being able to fully it has extend to do with muscle activation. Yeah. Or mobility. He was kind of referring more towards mobility in okay. that sense. And I was like, okay, hey, this is a very contradicting video because everyone knows that you should lean back to do that scap pull up, that scap retraction. Mm -hmm. And then yes, it's a vertical pull straight up, but he was completely saying like, don't do the lean back uh, because it's not good for full, full extension at the bottom. Yeah. I disagree with that as well yeah. because I there's actually a specific exercise that my coach had me do called lean away strict pull ups. Yeah. Oh my so god. I would so do, good. Yeah. So I would do a pull up, and it's kind of like exactly what we're talking about, but in reverse. So you would do just a pull up however you want to get your chin over the bar, but then you would actually push yourself and lean away yes. very slowly, so that way you could get that full scapular retraction and then lower yourself back down to the starting position. Yeah, and I mean you see people doing those like. Um, you know, on the bar, they like lean away and they're, they're in a plank, yeah. like almost like, so that's, that's a total like 
upper back uh, yeah. strength move. It's very difficult. To do. Oh my God. So yeah. hard. Yeah. So let's move on to jumping negative. This is, or you can even call this an assisted one. This is actually my favorite way to get people strict pull-ups once they have that baseline established of the chin over the bar and the dead hang established is I actually like to do an assisted mm -hmm. chin over bar. And then I'll actually like almost like be there as a spot and let them lower themselves as slow as possible. Mm -hmm. But that's not always possible. So sometimes you have to do it yourself, which is with the jumping negative. Yeah, honestly, in my opinion, at least with my clients who I've been working with, um, a jumping pull up is very difficult to do, especially a jumping negative pull up. I have so many uh, female athletes who jump up and then just boom, drop like a rock. Yeah. Like there is no resistance. Um, so in my opinion, jumping pull up is a little bit more advanced. I per uh, have started now incorporating more seated pull up. Mm -hmm. um, just because it takes away at least half the body weight of the person and they're still getting um, full range of motion and they're able to do negatives in that sense. I've also found maybe doing banded negative um, also as good because it takes away again, uh, part of partial of the person's weight yeah, um, and just makes it a little bit easier because again, like I said, so many people jump up and then just drop like a rock yeah, and they have no core strength or, or grip strength to kind of hang on. So um, feet assisted, we rarely ever do this. It's very difficult, I think, to show and understand. Um, I think a seated pull-up is easier, but you could also do a feet-assisted negative. And like anything else, guys, uh, if if you have real good intent with what you're doing and if you're trying to contract and on the eccentric or the down motion really mm -hmm. hard, you'd be surprised how much you'll get out of that. Even me today, like I'll, I'll do um, negatives. And if I'm really sore, but I got to get my pull-ups in, um, I'll just really scale it down and emphasize contraction. And I mean, I get just as much benefit, I think, out of that than if I just kind of did it as a jumping negative pull-up. Yeah, I love what you said there about intention specifically, because what I the only negative I do see with the seated pull-up is that I do see when people get tired, they start using their legs a lot oh, more. 100%. And it looks like a squat yeah. more, than, <laughs> more than it is a pull-up. Yeah. So that is why, um, and I did this with Pinky. This mm -hmm. is how I got Pinky her pull-ups, is that, I would, um, but Pinky was already pretty close. Yeah. So what I would do was, is I would um, assist her. So I'd, I'd oh, use two way. hands and yeah. push her over the bar, even though she could, was already pretty close. I'd, she would probably hold for about one to two seconds mm -hmm. with her chin over the bar. And then she would lower slowly and I would spot her. And yes. what that allowed me to do is I would, I'd be able, I would know exactly how much time under tension she would specifically have. Mm -hmm. And then, cause if I had her doing seated, I have no idea kind of where they're at in yes. terms of like what they can actually handle in terms of load. Yeah. Uh, time under tension. That was a great thing that you mentioned, Matt. Uh, you, sh you guys should be working anywhere between three and 10 seconds on negatives. Okay. And yes, 10 seconds, like slow, you know, one, 1000 kind of thing, being able to do that. And so again, scale down the movement, even if you can do strict pull-ups, you'd be amazed how trashed you'd get from a tempo strict pull-up. And then you'd probably need a band too. If you did a 10 second down, I mean, that's really hard to do. And, yeah. and that's a good way to build strength, especially if you're someone who, oh, I can do strict pull-ups. Like for example, for myself, I can do over 10 strict pull-ups. My max is 15. I'm still trying to on that road to get to 20. Um, so I've had to play around with different variations of pull-ups and, depending on you know how trash i am from the week i might have to really scale it down to like a green a mm -hmm. black band you know like to take a lot of weight off but again tension time under tension like those things are trump i think anything else other than i mean if you just if you just want to skip it that's not the that's not the point like you should still work on it 
and do something scaled down instead. Exactly. And some science behind the time and retention, just so everybody knows, is that a lot of people think that you get you get strength when you have a lot of muscle damage. And that's not necessarily true. A new study actually recently came out and uh, I'll put it in the show notes, is that it's actually muscle tension that gets the best results in terms of strength mm-hmm. and hypertrophy or hypertrophy being a fancy word for size. Yeah. Um, so that's why at our gym, we do so much tempo work, especially like, for example, right now we're doing our squats. So we do tempo squats, we do and pause bench, squats. Yeah. And what that allows us to do, it actually allows us to use less load. Yeah, it's nice. And give it, give you the equivalent of a higher load, which is not only safer, but it's better for your tendons, your ligaments. And also the longer time under tension you are, the, the greater chances you are of actually getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really have enjoyed the tempo work that we've been doing. And a lot of people have told me that their positioning has gotten a lot better because they've had to slow down and really feel the lifts, feel the contraction. And so like, wow, like I'm amazed at how much better uh, like my form is in the squat or in the bench. Yeah. And tempo is something that's very easily overlooked when it comes to body weight movements. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks it's something that needs to be fast, rapid, you know, people, you know, bang out fast pushups, air squats, pull-ups, whatever. Yeah. Uh, You can slow those down and get extremely good benefit. For example, one of my favorite workouts to do when we travel is to do tempo push-ups yeah. on, on my own mm-hmm. is I'll do sets of 10. I'll do 10 sets of 10 tempo push-ups and I'll go about three to four seconds down and I'll come up fast and I have to do those 10 reps unbroken and then I'll rest however long I need to in order to maintain that for 10 sets. Yep. Really good. All right. Moving on to horizontal chest bar row. Yeah. This one's good. Well, I think, so we've talked a lot about vertical pulling I mean, not a lot. We could definitely talk about more. There's so many things that you could do overhead. But then what's lacking, I think a lot of the times, and especially in CrossFitters, we we rarely ever do horizontal pulling. Um, I'd really like to incorporate more horizontal bar row. Helms rows. Yeah. Well, like, I just mean like ring rows and horizontal rows. Uh, inst- what about bent over rows? Yeah, bent over rows. Okay. But like, in, instead of pull-ups all the time, you know, doing feet elevated ring rows or feet elevated horizontal rows and moving your body weight still, um, just in a different direction instead of always straight up and down, right. like also would be good. I think you're talking more about like accessory movements with a barbell or with dumbbells in order to get stronger at horizontal pulling. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. What other benefits are there to doing the horizontal row that you've with, seen with the body weight one? Yeah. Oh, just being having more body awareness and core strength for sure, because everyone's hips completely dip down yeah. and they're, they're trying to like, you know, kip the rep mm-hmm. again and use their hips to get it up. And what you need to do is learn how to use your upper back yeah. and be contracted and, and then uh, realize guys that this is going to reflect over into so many other areas Um, that you're probably lacking. For example, when you row, a lot of people don't know how to activate their upper back or, or, you know, like retract their scaps to get a good horizontal pull in the row. Great point. And so like this, these are just little things that if you start doing more accessory work and more bodybuilding, you'll understand like, oh, like this, I should feel this when I'm doing other things too, right? So so I, I just think people just think like, oh, this is just very one-minded or one skill. But in reality, this is going to help so many other things. Yeah. And people don't realize how much the scap and upper back is involved in other movements. So for example, let's say like an overhead squat. Yeah. You are stabilizing with scapular retraction, which is extremely important. So you do those horizontal bar rows, guess what? Your stabilization overhead will be more effective. So mm-hmm. for an, another good uh, example is something like wall walks and even bench press. Yeah. They're, your scap retracts when you do bench press. 
press yeah. and stabilizes when you do wall like walks. So all these things are going to transfer to other movements, especially pressing movements. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not moving through that same range of motion as the press doesn't mean you're not using the same muscles as the press. 100%. I mean, you can also argue that it's for lower body movements. I mean, the deadlift, a lot of times yes. you see people round their back. It's not... It's their core strength too, but like it's because their upper back is weak yeah. and their upper back cannot support the load when you come forward. And mm -hmm. so therefore the scaps, you know, disengage yeah. and the lats disengage. And you think like, well, my legs are strong enough to lift it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe your legs are, but your back isn't. Yeah, we see the same thing even in back squats. Oh yeah, your back, exactly. Like the upper back, it looks like if you were to, people should start videoing themselves from behind because you can physically see that your upper back it cannot support the weight that you're holding right now and you it's kind of like crumbling looking or it's sliding like yeah. the, back, the bar like is the, sliding like the shoulders are like rounding yes forward. they're rounded so i mean i'm going to start incorporating this in the next three weeks building up to our benchmark week at the gym we are retesting our back squat and i did this the last time we're going to have everybody do walkouts and you're going to have to walk out mm, heavy weight i like that and you know so many benefits from doing that but one of them is being that your upper back will get stronger and being able to support a heavy load something that like you're going to try to PR for you being able to hold it for 30 seconds. Like you, you would be surprised how much benefit that would get. Awesome. Fantastic. And now let's kind of move on to, let's say that someone has those, these three to five strict pull-ups and they're still kind of struggling with the endurance of doing kipping pull-ups or getting more strict pull-ups. What's the first thing you would tell them? <laughs> They need more volume at a very volume. scaled variation. <laughs> like just because you can do, again, three to five. Okay, great. Now, how do I get from three to five to 10? Well, you're going to have to scale down to a banded pull-up, like all these things that we've talked about, and just accumulate more volume because you're not going to get more advanced reps by doing one or two advanced reps a day. Like, does that make any sense? Probably, yeah. you know, it doesn't. So you have to scale it down and you have to incorporate more accessory work, more strength work. The, what people don't realize is that, I think you said this before, um, kipping pull-up or pull-ups in general is not a skill. It is a strength, Yes. right? So you need to develop the strength in order to do these things. Everybody thinks that pull-ups, kipping pull-ups, butterfly, anything is a skill, ring muscle-up, it's a skill. Yes, but also most people don't get that skill because they're not strong enough to do it yet. Exactly. And the problem is if you try and work on only the skills leading up to it, you're going to get really tired really quick because <laughs> guess what? You don't have the strength or a muscle endurance yeah. to handle to doing all these advanced skills. So, yes. And this is, I'm glad you brought that up because that is the single most mi biggest misconception that I see when I work with my clients and what I see at the, at all the CrossFit gyms I worked at for the past 16 years is that everyone thinks that body weight movements are a hundred percent skills. And they, they always come to me they're like, Matt, you know, I think it's my mechanics. I think it's my timing. <laughs> yeah, it's I think not. it's, I, you know, I think it's my dog, you yeah. know, <laughs> they blame something other than the fact that they're just weak. weak. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> no, but good. seriously, like I hate to tell this to some people sometimes when, you know, they want to do some skill work and I'm like, okay, great. Let's work on the skill. And I have to sh show them very modified stuff. They're like, no, no, Caitlin, like I just need help. I, I can't figure out how to get the rhythm and whatnot. I'm like, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, but you're just not strong enough. Like, you need to get stronger. And they're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yes. You have to do some really like, boring work first. Yeah, yeah like you you should be able to do, I don't, I don't know, like 35-pound single-arm dump for a female, I'm talking. Yeah. Like, at least, a, you know, the standard, like 35-pound single-arm dumbbell row for 10 reps for five sets pretty easily. I yeah. think that's, like, a pretty decent amount that you need to at least get to before, before expecting 
uh, results from being able to do pull-ups. Like yeah. there, there are some weights that people need to be able to hit first as far as, you know, lifts and dumbbell row and, and all those things. That's very interesting. Can we dig into that a little bit more? Let's talk a little bit more about what your benchmarks would be for someone before they start attempting kipping pull-ups, like as specific as possible. Um, so yeah, like I, like I just said, single arm dumbbell row, 35 pounds, minimum 10 reps, five sets, something like that. And that would be 50 pounds for a guy, right? Yeah, 50, okay. 35. Like that's kind of like standard in CrossFit. I think that's one of the weights we always do. You should be able to move that easily and well. Yeah. Um, some bent over rows. I mean, being able to at least do 100 pounds. I mean, you know, a barbell bent over row. So I guess for a guy, what is that like? 155 probably at least 155 yeah at least, at least you know for reps you know for 10 reps that's a you know five sets yeah. again um you should work on some bicep curls like being able to do more than just the bar or I 15 pound bar i love bicep curls <laughs> like the bicep is heavily used in the pull-up as well and i think something that again crossfitters rarely do so why not incorporate that a little bit more on your arm day and yeah. go over and do three sets of 10 and again like accumulation over time okay i'm not saying that you do it one time and you're going to get pull-ups <laughs> yeah it's funny you say that because back in my day well in the earlier days we're talking <laughs> day. my day we're talking like 2014 2015 when i was training really hard it's funny because i had to get out of this mindset of the dogma of doing something other than crossfit yeah like back then it was like oh you only do crossfit like we won't we won't even touch you only do wads yeah you we, know you will only do conditioning and, and olympic weightlifting and squats and deadlifts and pressing that's it yeah even bench press was like off the table it's like no that's a bro thing it's like <laughs> you want to go bench go to 24 yeah. and then when my coach started working with me guess what i started doing tempo bench press <laughs> i started doing russian dumbbell step-ups and i remember the first time i did russian dumbbell step-ups i looked around because i thought i looked weird because i was doing it at a crossfit gym and same thing i did bicep curls i did single arm presses i did a bunch of bro quote unquote 24 hour fitness stuff that we used to make fun of but then i realized all that stuff complements my crossfit so much and i'm able to take on more work because it's less harmful on my central nervous system and it's easier on my body so i'm actually i actually am getting uh, more durability hundred percent. Yeah. I really started noticing a different in my aesthetics and in my performance and workouts and, uh, all of that when I started doing more, uh, bodybuilding style stuff and, yeah. and tempo and sets and reps and, and more volume and just a little bit every single day. Okay. I would, I, yeah, I am notorious for this. I, I like overload, um, days. So basically if it's leg day uh, in group class, I'm most likely going to be doing leg accessory works as well so right. that I overload, you know, that muscle group. And, and then, plus you're already warmed up for it anyways. Yeah, and I'm already warmed up. And so I, I like doing stuff like that. And I noticed huge differences in the last two years of my training by doing it this way. And my training has changed since, you know, pre-babies to first baby, second baby, third baby now, definitely a lot more bodybuilding. And I can see this as more long-term because, um, again, you CrossFit uh, kind of takes a toll on the body. You know, mm -hmm. it's very intense, very <clears throat> impactful. I kind of find myself always going really hard, even when I don't want to go hard <laughs> or I don't want to take a rest day. Yep. So classic. Yeah. But incorporating some bodybuilding has, I think, saved my tendons and muscles and made me stronger oh, yeah. and safer in these complex movements that I'm trying to do now. And I have never in my life been able to do the things that I can do now. Yeah. Even before kids, I couldn't do as many. I couldn't do ring muscle up. I couldn't handstand walk. You couldn't. I couldn't. I could barely do chest to bar pull ups. I, I could you, not do you, a bar you, muscle up. You could not do a bar I, muscle up. Trust me, I, sh I could not do a bar muscle up. It was hilarious. 
I mean, open after open, there was bar muscle up and I could never and you, do one. And you were pretty frustrated. Oh my that. God. It was, and I couldn't do, I couldn't do butterfly chest to bar pull-ups for years. And I was like, man, like it's my timing. It's my rhythm. It, no, it's my it's strength. strength. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started doing more bodybuilding and only now, which it's been at least five years, do I feel comfortable doing bodybuilding? Number one. Number two, can I do again, my benchmark weights, which is stuff that I was trying to do for the past five years. Yeah. So everybody, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of reps, a lot of intention and a lot of variety. Cause the thing is your body is constantly adapting to the stimulus that you're giving it. That's why you have to always change it up and you don't necessarily change it up by just going heavier. You change it up by slowing things down, doing a different style, uh, different movement, all those types of things. Plus, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get bored, bored as easily. Yeah. And it's really important to remember, though, that you actually need a specific program with progressive overload. Because oh if you're gosh. just doing random stuff, it's not going to work. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried. Yes. Please don't make my mistake. Please don't do random workouts or just exercises just for fun. Yeah. Have some sort of a structure. Have progressions. Talk to a coach because you're just going to end up spinning your wheels and then backtracking. Yeah, and working on way too many things at once. Like, that's... I see this all the time where people just try to do it themselves and then I just see them either A, working on the thing they like or B, only like only doing one thing or just doing too many things all over over and yeah. over and over again yeah. and then so inconsistent. And so you need, you know, a program, a structure and 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 actually follow it and like trust the process. Like even when it says something crazy, my clients know this, they're like Caitlin, really? Like 20 reps, five sets? Are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure. And they're like, well, how much weight am I going to do? I'm like, body weight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Banded. And they're like, but I can do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just scale it down. Do more volume. Trust me. it. You'll get stronger. You will. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's so many times where, and I don't, I haven't even realized it until this year. And this is just shows that I'm still learning a lot as I go. But there are so many variables that go into fitness in general that affect the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be as focused and dialed in as possible. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've really learned about myself is that I hate wasting time. Yep. So I would much rather spend a little extra time, not time, but I would rather consult with someone and pay a little extra money to eliminate all these different paths that I could go down trying yeah. to figure out on my own. It's just not worth my time yeah. anymore. And it's going to be boring. Everybody trust me. It's going to be very boring. Um, you're going to do a lot of boring things and a lot of repetitive things. And you're going to week after week. I mean, again, our, my clients know this. We've, we're going to do Bulgarian split squats, everybody, every week, all year long, different styles. But guess what? We're going to get really strong because everybody knows that that lift works and it gets results. And the same thing with single arm dumbbell row and all the things for pulling and upper body, we're gonna do the same thing over and over again. It's just gonna change up. And and that's kind of how it goes. Like that's fitness. Because those are the biggest impact movements. Exactly, they're compound movements. We don't have them, we're not professional athletes. We're just trying to get better with the time that we have, which is usually an hour and maybe an hour and a half. And if that's all you have, then you gotta try and maximize that time. Yeah, and it's really important to remember too that it's you're gonna go for a while feeling like you're making zero progress. Yes, and then all- But it oh. is working, I'm telling you guys, because this just happened recently to me, because I just recently started doing build and burn again. I recently started incorporating, incorporating more bodybuilding because 
you know, I was getting kind of skinny <laughs> and I want to put on muscle again. And it wasn't, it's not until like this week where I'm like, okay, my shirts are a little bit tighter again. <laughs> my arms and shoulders are getting bigger. People are noticing. And I, and I, now I'm like, it felt like it was, went from zero progress. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Am I wasting my time? Like, do I even bother to where it's like, suddenly it's like, I notice a difference. Yeah. So, but it took some time. It took it at least, uh, like six weeks minimum. Mm-hmm. And that's to start doing it how many times a week? Three to four times a week. Yeah. Three I mean, to four minimum. times is the minimum. If Sometimes you five. have a goal and you're not doing, doing said goal or working on said goal three to four times a week, you will never achieve the goal. I think I've said this before in another podcast. Like it's not, it's not like, oh, I'll achieve it in two years or one year, whatever. No, you'll never, you'll never achieve it. It has yeah. to be three to four times a week. If you're not doing it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and let's maybe end with some tips now for people that they can incorporate into their training routine. And I'm going to give you guys one of my favorite training tips. And this is something that it doesn't matter if you uh, have pull-ups or not. This is still one of my favorite ones to do. And it's three sets of 20 banded, unbroken, strict pull-ups. Rest is needed between sets. I have people do this all the time. Get and, it, and it gets results though. I had, I had uh, actually I had someone from TD come in today to do a PT session with me, specifically working on pull-ups which kind of sparked the reason for this podcast. And I had her do the three sets of 20 as part of her strength. And uh, same thing that she, she thought it was a skill and she wanted to work on her mechanics. And I told her, Hey, it's okay, but we're going to work on your strength yeah. because that's, where we're going to get the most benefit. So I showed her a bunch of my favorite strength moves to help her develop those weaker areas. And the three sets of 20 banded pull-ups was really good for her. And, uh, cause she even said she was used to training in like the three to seven rep range. I'm like, well, we got to change that. Yeah. I think people are very uncomfortable going like any higher than 10, usually even like right. 12. And they're like, Oh, how many, like, are we supposed to do when you start doing 15, 20, yeah, do 20, you know, <laughs> and again, unbroken, like try to really just push it yourself. Is hard. It <laughs> is hard and it burns and you're like, wow, like I really want to, again, it's a mental thing as well as a strength thing. Yeah. And just so you're aware, everyone, I started doing the three sets of 20 using the thickest band at the gym, the black one. No, the blue one. The blue. The, the blue. thick blue one. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I started using that one. And even that was hard for yeah. three sets of 20 unbroken. So don't like swallow your pride a little bit, reel it in and realize that this is going to benefit you long term. Mm-hmm. And identifying your starting point is super important. Like, so I think working with a coach and being like, Hey, like I need to figure out where I'm at. And then having them show you the progression, like, Hey, okay. So you're on, you know, the thick blue band right now, your next step would be try to get to the black band and then the green band. And, and having that mindset of like, like for some people, you know, they can't even do, um, horizontal rows or seated pull-ups properly. And I'm like, okay, like we really got to scale this back. You're not really at this. Some people should not be doing banded pull-ups. Some people are not strong enough to even do banded or jumping pull-up. So again, I think identifying your current level and then the progression from there is really important. I think we should all kind of do that. Yeah. And I really like what you said about talking to a coach. That is so important. And this is something I wish I did years ago because I try, I can't tell you guys how many times in different realms of my life that I've tried to figure out on my own only to end up spinning my wheels. And then once I finally bit the bullet, talk to a coach, how much time they saved me. And mm-hmm. this applies to not just fitness, but this is applies to business. It applies to social media, even applies to this podcast. So I, did a podcast course and that saved me so much time. And I'm like, okay, I know kind of what to do now. 
So yeah. believe me, it is worth it because the biggest thing that a coach gives you is perspective. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're always limited by our own perception. Like we think we need to do this. I mean, how many times have you talked to an expert and they're like, no, <laughs> yeah. they're like, I can't tell you how many times I've had that. I've had a conversation with them. They're like, Hey, do you think I should do this? And they look at me and they're like, nah, yeah. absolutely not. You're not ready for that yet. Or you haven't even done this yet. How can you do this? And then because mm-hmm. they have perspective yeah. and they can give me context on how to actually proceed or the best path for me personally moving forward based on what they've seen. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent, I agree. I asked a coach; he's right in front of me, Matt. I said, "How am I going to do this?" Sometimes you don't listen to me. I don't. I've been telling you for years that you had to squat every day, and guess what? Hey, I finally fixed that. And guess what and happened? Also, with guess the ring what muscle happened? Ups. Yeah. Did you get stronger or not? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's when I finally like asked him, like, "Hey, so like, how am I going to do this?" <laughs> squat every day. I am the best. I know everything. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm still learning everyone. So real quick, before we wrap things up, everyone, we do have a free six week pull up guide that Caitlin has put together herself. It is an awesome program. We do have people have used it before and they've gotten their first trick pull up and they've actually gotten multiple kipping, like big sets of kipping pull ups uh, from this program. So it works for everybody, even if you have zero pull ups or even if you have, um, you know, 20 pull ups and you want to even get better. This program is definitely for you. So all you have to do is follow us on social media at Red Wolf CrossFit on Instagram and then comment pull up on any post on there. I will see it and I will DM you and send you your free six week pull up guide. And before we wrap things up, we have one last topic we want to touch on, which is grips. Oh, yes. This is a great subject because I think that this took me a long time, kind of like I said. Oh, my gosh. Years. Before I started using grips. And I think that this is something that's almost a necessary piece of equipment for every CrossFitter. 100%. I mean, (laughs) years. Seriously. Like, we did not use grips. And we'd see people using grips. (laughs) And grips have really evolved over time, and they're so much better oh, now. Yeah. So much better. I mean, they used to be really uncomfortable back then. And I mean, anyway, you, everybody should just suck it up for a month, have some bad scores, spend some time doing your accessory work, wearing your grips. They also work on dumbbells. You'd be amazed. How, they're actually fantastic. Yeah, like <laughs> it'll save your if your if your forearms are taxed from the workout and you use your grips doing dumbbell rows, I mean, it saves my grip all the time. It's right. like it's like using what is it called? You know, the straps, the weightlifting straps. Yes. It's like the same idea. Yeah. So practice using them and it is worth it it's like anything else like everybody knows you have to break your shoes in right it takes a while to get comfortable in new shoes well it's mm-hmm. going to take a while to get comfortable wearing grips i mean no one's used to wearing something on their hands so it's going to take a while yeah it but, is awkward but at seriously first. nobody just and i did this too i mean i know exactly how they feel like i don't want my sco- my scores <laughs> i don't want my work That's, that was my, my reason you know as well. like i'd be like matt but my workout like i'm gonna oh, have to do workout. i'm gonna have to do like three sets of five instead of just unbroken yeah, but I can usually my, do this easily. you know or are you gonna tear your hands yeah probably will tear my hands though yeah okay then just wear the grips and when i finally broke the grips in i mean i can't possibly go back i don't even know how you guys use no grips i don't even That's understand so that true. concept I, anymore i 100 percent agree with you because i was like what is this whole grip thing i don't get it because yeah. i'm old school 
you never wore grips. You right. just tore the hands and were all bloody like a real man. And then I realized that's stupid because yes. it affects the rest of my life. And also I can't really, then you can't train. I'm not, I'm not effective. Yeah. I don't have as good a workouts because I'm nursing my hand for a week. Yes. So it's not worth it. So then you had to do and leg then, day every day and nobody and, wants to do that. Exactly. And when I w- try and wash my hair in the shower, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's not fun. So I think just bite the bullet make the commitment to just work on it, take the hit, like, and don't get frustrated too. I think people just get really frustrated and caught. Dude, like one month now in perspective of the whole year is, yeah. you know, is nothing. So I, if you're, if you, and again, you're going to get better. So yeah, suck it up, bro. Yes. It's just, it's a mentality thing. It's a <laughs> mindset. It's just a commitment. Like just do it. Um, I think bear complex has the best grips. I've I used agree. them for a couple years now. I started with, Roo grips and that was the kangaroo leather yeah. type are, of grip. Are they even around anymore? I don't know if they're still around, but I, that's what I started with. And, you know, that's kind of the grip that got me started. And then from there, I think I just went to straight to bear complex and that's kind of all I've had. You've had the RX grips. And, I did not like those. Yeah. And then there's like a victory grips, I think is another one. Victory grips are very similar to the, to the white grips that we have now. Yeah. I very think they're, similar. I think those are really stiff on the, the wrist part, you know, where it wraps around yeah. and has the Velcro. It has a so different design. So I don't really preference. like that one. Um, and there's I don't, like some Amazon off brands and I did not like those at all. They were cheaper, but I did not like them. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and say bear complex has the best grips. And so if you're looking for a pair of grips, you can order them on Amazon or just on their website and, um, you know, ter- save your hands. <laughs> yeah. Can we actually backtrack a little bit and oh, actually sorry. talk about what grips are actually for? I don't think we actually defined that. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, it's, you know, for pull-ups and it's for, to hang on the bar longer, number yeah. one and number two, to save your hands. Yeah. From tearing, from, from tearing. The friction. Um, a lot of them come with holes without holes. I don't think you need holes at all. No. I think they work better actually when you don't use them and you flip them over the bar and yeah. you get it really deep in the wrist part and it kind of creates a good torque on on the bar itself yeah. um, and allows me personally to to do more reps, whether it be strict or butterfly pull-ups, mm-hmm. I'm able to do more regardless. No, I agree with you 100%. Nothing else needs to be said. Yeah. <laughs> you covered everything I wanted oh, okay. to say. So that's perfect. Um, and also, everybody, if you're listening to this and you have grips or you want to order some and you're at our gym, feel free to come up to us anytime. We'll be more than happy to show you how to use them and show you how, how we, how the style we like to use and how we learn how to use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so just come up to us. We'll definitely be more than happy to help you out. Yes. Fantastic. Any other things you want to chat about before we wrap things up on the pull-ups? Um, there's so many things that we could chat about more, but I think it would just get a little bit long. <laughs> right. 100% agree. Well, that was awesome. Everybody, don't forget about that free guide. Head over and follow us at Red Wolf CrossFit, and we will send you that guide. Just make sure you comment pull-up, and I will send that to you. Well. Thank you so much for listening. If this was helpful, please leave us a five-star review so that way we know to make more content just like this. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Red Wolf CrossFit and also follow me at Red Wolf Matt and follow Caitlin at Rusty the Red Husky and DM your questions or content suggestions there. Until next time, good luck, have fun. Nailed Nailed it. it.